Welcome to impactboom.org. We search the globe to find the people, stories, ideas, and inspiration to help you create maximum positive impact. Each week, Impact Boom brings you thought-provoking interviews with world-leading practitioners passionate about creating positive social change. These designers, social entrepreneurs, educators, innovators, thinkers, and doers share their projects, initiatives, thoughts, and insights on creating a better world. You can find all the stories, links, and other great content at impactboom.org. Follow us on Facebook or Twitter for the latest updates, or subscribe to the newsletter or on iTunes. Thanks for listening to episode 161 of Impact Boom. My name's Tom Allen, and I'm passionate about bringing the latest interviews and insights to help you create positive social impact. Today, we're speaking with Lewis Carter and Alexandra Coglin. Dr. Alexandra Coglin is an associate professor in tourism at Griffith University a marine and environmental biologist with a graduate diploma in environmental education and a scuba dive master. Ali has worked in nature-based tourism attractions and conservation for nearly two decades, striving to make conservation fun and interesting to everyone. Lewis Carter is a PhD candidate at Griffith University, software engineer and game developer. His PhD work looks at the process of taking complex ecosystems like the Great Barrier Reef and turning them into fun but accurate video games and how different features affect a player's connection to that ecosystem. Together, they formed EcoGames, a social enterprise creating fun and exciting video games that link players back to conservation to create real-world impact for the environments their games portray. So on today's podcast, we'll discuss Lewis and Ali's journey in getting EcoGames running and the lessons they've learned along the way. We'll get their thoughts on effective fundraising strategies for charities, and we'll hear about some insights into starting a social enterprise. So Lewis and Ali, thanks very much for joining us. Thanks, Thank Tom. You. So to kick things off, could both of you please share a bit about your backgrounds and what led you down the path of social enterprise and a passion for helping our marine life? Sure, so my background is really in the marine biology and environmental science space. And I started out, my first job out of uni was actually being a marine tour guide. And that's when I discovered a real passion for sharing the marine environment with other people. Yeah. And I went on to work on the reef. I started working on the Great Barrier Reef back in 2002. And since then, it's been really sort of eating away at me. How can we make people better understand what is a big ecosystem and a complex ecosystem in situations where people are already trying to deal with maybe gear that they're unfamiliar with, being seasick on a boat, having lots of information coming at them. So really trying to unpack a nice, neat, fun, engaging way of allowing people to explore that ecosystem a little bit better. And that's how I met Lewis. Fantastic. So Lewis, tell us a little bit about your background. Yeah, so um, I've known I've always wanted to make games, but I, I, I have this inkling in me, and I think most millennials have this, where they want to do something good, but they don't quite know how to do that. And or uh, like, I'm, I w- wasn't sure how I would do that by making games. So, uh, but when I started my PhD, Ali and I were working on a precursor to this particular um, what we're doing now, and but it was the first time I'd gone to Cairns. We went out on the boats. I got into the water. I'd never been to the Great Barrier Reef, and then I thought a jellyfish touched me, and I went back to shore. I couldn't do it. Went back to the boat. It scared me too much. I think the next time I went up, I didn't end up getting in the water at all. But the third time we went up, when we were working on Resilient Reef, um, Ali was like, look, listen, 
you need to actually see the reef. You need to go down, well, you know, you get into a dive suit, go for a dive proper yeah. and see what the reef looks like actually from that perspective. And I was mm -hmm. like, that's, that's a fair call. I should probably do that. <laughs> um, but when I did, I, I just, I fell in love instantly. It's such a beautiful ecosystem. And from there, I've just been driven to make sure that it exists for generations to come. Wow. So you spoke about Resilient Reef now, so can you tell us a little bit more about Eco Games and your vision of using gaming and games such as Resilient Reef to help drive this, this change? Like where are you at on this journey? Sure, so we're at a point um, where hopefully we can have the game out into the public domain by the end of the year, so by December 2019. And really the, the vision for it was a, to sort of help people better understand the reef, like I said, but also because conservation tends to get a bit of a short stick when it comes to funding and mm. often relies on that kind of uh, heart-wrenching, look at these images, you know, fear-based messaging around, it's all going terribly wrong. Yeah. And we really wanted to bring it back into a fun space where people connected, reconnected with nature. So I know it's virtual reality and I know people will sort of say, Oh, but you're not really in nature. Yeah. But it is, it's a way for people to connect with nature at their own pace mm -hmm. through a game. And that was super important to me. And so then by then building on this fundraising mechanism, what we're, our tagline is putting the fund back into fundraising. So really that's what we're trying to do. So we're trying to circumvent this begging for funds for conservation because we all depend on healthy ecosystems. Yeah. At the end of the day, Without a healthy ecosystem, we're in we're in trouble. Yeah. So trying to circumvent that and really bring bring fundraising for conservation back back to the fore and making it fun, engaging, something that people want to be part of. Mm, fantastic. And you're both academics at Griffith University as well. So I know that you know we mentioned Lewis is also using this as as a research project. So how have you found balancing academic life with starting a social enterprise? Look, to be completely honest, probably not doing a fantastic job of balancing both because they're essentially, it's two full-time jobs. Yeah. But I think the important part of doing that is to make sure that you always keep all the plates spinning. Um, so you can't let one kind of fall down um, in one week and then try and pick it up later. You've got every week, you're doing both of them consistently so that both are moving forward. If mm. one can't be let behind, otherwise that's going to that's gonna ruin the whole system essentially. One thing I did realize though, having a background in designing research protocols and data collection has actually become super useful uh, when it comes to measuring impact in the social enterprise and putting that into practice. So mm. um, it appears that to be one of the things that some so social enterprises find a bit difficult, but I think we've got a good grounding in that because of our academic backgrounds. Yeah, absolutely. That's a good, good insight. What about yourself, Ali? So for me, despite having that environmental background, I actually work in the, the business school so a lot of the stuff that we're now trying to put into practice is stuff that I've been covering from a theoretical perspective for a number of years now. And having to put it into practice, it's a whole new challenge. Mm. So it's been really fun and challenging. Like it's definitely, you know, stretched my mind a lot of, well, how does that actually work in practice? Like I get the theory, the theory is interesting. Yeah. <laughs> But I want to know how I make that work in practice. Mm. And I think that's actually going to make me a much better academic, having that practical side that balances that theoretical side and being able to go into theory and have a look for models and 
and use that to complement the practice. Yeah. I think they actually complement each other really, really well. Mm, yeah, absolutely. And on this journey, I imagine you've had a lot of challenges. And the exciting thing is about you guys having launched your crowdfunding campaign as well. So congratulations on that. I'm sure that's been a huge challenge, challenge in itself. But tell us about some of these key challenges in running Eco Games and how you've worked around them. Uh, I think, first of all, just being brave enough to do it. You know, yeah. academics to step out there and go, right, we're going to make this happen. And that, that came about because we had so much public interest, so many people coming up to us when we were testing it saying, how can we download this game? Where is it available? I want to show my brother. I want to show my teacher. Where can I get it? That eventually we just said, okay, we're going to have to do it. Yeah. Um, I think one of the challenging things for me, and I know Lewis has got other ideas, so I'll let him speak in a minute about um, what's been challenging for him, is presenting it. So how do we get people to understand what we're doing when we're having to write grants in a written form when what we're doing is very visual? Yes. So I remember the first pitch, the first pitch practice that we did with you, Tom, one of the comments that we got right at the end was, oh, it's VR. I didn't, I didn't realize. Yeah. And so then we sort of brought in the VR headsets. And now when we're pitching, one of us puts on the VR headset to make it completely abundantly obvious that mm -hmm. it's in VR. Yeah. And so those little things were things that we were struggling to communicate when we first started. So we were struggling to get a bit of traction at the start. But now we've become much, much better with, with practicing and rehearsing and, and getting different feedback. We've become much better at that. Mm, fantastic. And what about from a crowdfunding campaign perspective, Lewis? What have been some of the big challenges there for you? Well, I, neither of us have ever run a crowdfunding campaign before. And so the experience of others doing that has been really helpful. Um, but also sometimes you've just got to, like, we knew in our hearts that we could, well, I mean, it's yet to be seen, but we could do this. And, you know, we're getting feedback on, you know, we just, we need more time to prepare and things like that. But knowing that we have what we've got ready and what we know how we can do it is on the fly, yeah. getting the word out there. It's about trusting yourself as well as trusting the other people that are giving you advice because the advice is amazing, but ultimately between the both of us as co-founders, we've got to make the decisions for ourselves. Absolutely. Yeah. Such a good point. I think it's a really common point that a lot of founders come up against, you know, all these these differing opinions and viewpoints and you know which ones are correct and which ones do you run with yeah I think if you search hard enough you'll find every opinion so ultimately yeah. it's about what feels comfortable to you is how you should run your business mm, very good point so as participants then in our Elevate Plus Accelerator it's been great to work with you both further but what have been one or some of the core lessons that you've learned from the program that you think other social entrepreneurs might find valuable as well um, to me, that there is a whole ecosystem out there of support, of resources, of people who want to see you succeed, of people who will step in and help you out when you need it, offer you advice, give you tips, um, do things pro bono for you when it really matters, and connecting you up and just having that real different way of seeing how business could be run. Mm. That was one of the things that first attracted us to Elevate Plus. And that has been so important to me that we can, to be around social entrepreneurs, to be around people who see things the same way that we do and want to see that environmental impact and that social impact has been a real benefit to me personally. Yeah, absolutely. And like on top of that, we've, before we were in the Elevate Plus program, we talked to business coaches, we talked to other people who had started business. 
but they didn't have that social impact side. And so it was sometimes hard for us to have those conversations when we were always in our hearts. We wanted to make sure that the, the, the social side of things was the most important, but it didn't seem like it was to them. And it yeah. just we felt like we were kept running into walls uh, talking to those people. But everyone we've met through Elevate Plus, all of the mentors, um, everyone has just, they understand that. There's no kind of like, oh, how are you going to make money? It's like, yeah, no, we will make money. The impact's got to be sorted out first though. Mm, yeah, thanks very much for that feedback, Lewis. So let's talk about some inspiring projects or initiatives there. Like what have you both come across recently that, that you believe are both really creating some great positive social change? So we had, we had a presentation, I can't remember who it was unfortunately, but we did have a presentation as part of the program and I had seen them before with the, the bags made out of fire hose, the recycled fire hose. Ah, uh, okay, yes. And I pulled it up and showed it to Lewis and said, right, I want that to be in my next birthday present. <laughs> Didn't get one, Lewis? What yeah, happened? I forgot. I'm sorry. Uh, uh, it's, it's in the mail. <laughs> <laughs> That's definitely one for me that I thought is, you know, it's it's doing the right thing in a lot of different ways and it's producing something that aesthetically is absolutely beautiful and having that impact at the same time. Right. I'm going to shout out someone from the Elevate Plus cohort. I mean, everyone in Elevate has been is, is incredible, but um, I especially like Vessel Nanda just because... I think there should be a BYO container store just near everyone. Um, sometimes, like, you want to do the right thing. You know that, you know, consuming all these plastics is bad, but then the effort to figure out how to lessen the amount of plastics you use can be tough. So, you know, something like this on underwear makes it super easy. You spring a bottle, get the skincare and cleaning products, and you don't waste plastic. It's, it's just amazing to me. Yeah, great. Can I add one more? Absolutely. Go for it. So, obviously... And Lewis, I think you'll agree with this, the Good Beer Company. Yeah. I mean, they align with us so well around yeah. what we're trying to achieve. And beers and games, I mean, could you think of a more perfect match? <laughs> so, yeah, I think those guys definitely. And they also have um, their RSPCA that the... Pale Tail. The Pale Tail, yeah. So Lewis and I are both dog lovers as well, so we, you know, we're fully behind that too. Oh, match made in heaven. It is. <laughs> great. And Brisbane-based as well, which is great. So to finish off then, let's talk about some inspiring books, maybe even some, some blogs or some other things that you'd recommend to our listeners. You get probably recommended a lot of books. So I was thinking instead I could recommend some games to our listeners. Great. Um, so I've got really two really special ones, and I, I, I love giving these as examples because they really show... I think people have an idea of what games can be that's quite small, and these really show that there's a, a bigger impact to be made with games. The first one's Depression Quest um, by Zoe Quinn. You can you can literally Google that right now and play it in your browser. Um, but it, it just it really helped me understand what depression can look like mm. and the effects that it can have on someone by going through. It's it's a simple text adventure style thing, but the just going through that process of playing it was amazing. The other one is That Dragon um, Cancer. It, it's an incredibly heartbreaking game. Um, it's about two parents supporting their four-year-old son through a cancer diagnosis yeah. based on the real-life experience of the developers. Um, and it's, yeah, it's just, it's hard to play because, but games don't necessarily need to be fun, but they can be important. Mm. It sounds like a couple of really great and engaging games. Did you have anything to add about Ali? So there's been lots of books mentioned about social enterprises, so I'm going to go for a couple of other ones. Anything by David Attenborough, mm. Life on Air, absolutely, for any, any nature lovers. 
Uh, one that really influenced me early on was Ken Robinson's The Element, How Your Passion Changes Everything. Mm. And another one that I go back to a lot when I'm sort of feeling a little bit unsure about, you know, is it, is it okay to speak up at this point? Is it, am I pushing the barrel out a little bit too far or whatever, is um, Giving Voice to Values by Mary Gentile, which is a really good book around you never know who's listening, you never know who's paying attention and who might then start to step up and share and try and create a positive impact in the world because of what you've said. Mm. Three. Fantastic. Well, I'll leave some nice links through to them in the article. So, Lewis and Ali, thanks so much for your generous insights and time today, and best of luck with the rest of your crowdfunding campaign. And finally, to our listeners who are based in Brisbane, Australia, come along on the June 6th, and you can see Lewis and Ali in person at the Trifford pitching Eco Games to a room full of passionate social entrepreneurs, funders, government members, and other people from the ecosystem. So, thanks again, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Impact Boom. You'll find links to the initiatives, people and resources mentioned in this podcast on impactboom.org. Please leave your comments below and remember, we'll be publishing fresh inspiration and insights to help you create positive impact every week on the website, Facebook page and Twitter.